They picked that song, by the way. We did not pick that song for them. All right, so it's Advanced Sunday. What that means, if you're new here, is that at, we're going to do a, kind of an abbreviated service at the end. The women will stay in here, and then the men are going to go out in the hub for just a few minutes and talk to the uh, respective ministry teams there. So that will be at the end. Uh, I watched you coming in this morning. You guys look great. I hope you feel great today. You should feel great. Last week, Brent led us all through the process of uh, becoming Christians, of becoming disciples of Christ. If you were here last week and that's you, you should be on top of the world. All right? And uh, the rest of you who are already Christian, you should be feeling great too, right? So, uh, And also, Patriots are not playing today. There's no stress. We stress out about that tomorrow. It's a beautiful day, a little bit cool, so we need to enjoy it now, right, before it turns winter for the next nine months or so. So let's... Uh, Let's enjoy the day. Get out. Can I get an amen on that? Have a good day. All right. I'm Ben. I'm one of the pastors here at Faith. And we are in 2 Corinthians. So Brent stopped last week on uh, verse 17. We're on verse 18. Chapter 5, verse 18. We're talking about reconciliation. And if you don't know what reconciliation is exactly, or not at all, it's okay. We're going we're gonna to get into that. It's only the most important topic in the Bible what we talk about today. It's just it's incredibly profound and we're going to tackle that in 25 minutes. All right? So bear with me here we go. I uh I had a friend in the uh, a while back who was a sniper. And uh the sniper's job is to find an individual. It's pretty simple. You find the person, right? If you blow that one, you're not going to be very good at your job. All right. Someone tells you who to find. You find that person. Then you remove that person from the playing field. And then you run and get out of the area. Right? Find the person. Remove them. Run away. If you mess up any of those, really, uh, you're not going to be very good at what you do. My friend was very good. He did that 13 times. And uh, he used to tell me that he saw those 13 individuals everywhere he went. And every night when he went to bed. And I kid you not, this guy looked exactly like Tim Conway. You can laugh, it's okay. Uh, when I first saw him, I thought, is the USO putting on a, is, is it like some kind of, it, no, the people who aren't laughing don't know who Tim Conway is, but he looked exactly like him. Uh, my friend was, had, a, had an overall disposition of, of being doomed. He had no idea about God's grace. He had no notion of reconciliation. And to the best of my knowledge, uh, he died in that state. He was, he, as far as he was concerned, he was unredeemable. He was too bad. He had done too many bad things. And that's a tragedy, really. I was young. I didn't help him. I didn't know anything at the time. Uh, and I don't want that to happen to anyone here, anyone in this room, anyone that comes to this church. I don't want anyone here to think that they are doomed, or to believe that they are beyond God's grace. So today you will understand reconciliation. And then what you do with it is up to you. And if you already understand reconciliation, I have, a, I have some things for you too. Don't worry. All right, so I need to take a brief survey. I have two sermons in this book. Uh, so I need to know which direction to go. Don't pay attention to the person next to you, even if it's your spouse. Just raise your hand if this applies to you. The questions are kind of geared to where it's not all bad or all good, so you can you can put your hand up. If you know what reconciliation is, 
Raise your hand. Oh, we're done. Well, hey, you know what? We're done. <laughs> Let's just move. I guess we'll do Sermon B. Uh, okay, good. If sin is not a problem for you, raise your hand. Wow. All right. Number three, if you find yourself hurting people, belittling people, insulting people, or even judging people, raise your hand. Good. Number three, if your life is chaos, if you find yourself always guilty, or if you're just trying to figure things out, raise your hand. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Thank you. This last one is not a question, so don't raise your hand, please. If you're not a good person, if you are mean-spirited, if you are hate-filled and all your problems are caused by someone else, or if you're a lost cause, pay particular attention to this sermon. And thank you for answering the questions. I know where we're going. All right. Reconciliation. Here we go. Second Corinthians chapter 5, if you want to follow along in your Bible, we're going to jump in right where Brent left off, verse 18. This is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, and he starts off. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's a profound passage. It's an incredible passage. As PB would say, it's an incredible pericope. Lots of things jump out of this passage. Okay, here are two. First, it starts with all of this. All of this comes from God. And the question now is, all of what? Right? All of what comes from God? Context, okay? Remember, context is everything. Paul is referring to everything he just said. Everything that Brent talked about last week. All right? And Paul just talked about the total transformation that takes place when someone is converted from an unregenerate sinner to a new creation, to a believer, to someone who is saved, okay? All of those things, that whole process comes from God. And here's how. I'm going to let James, the brother of Jesus, explain kind of what that means. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from, a, from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of change. Salvation comes from God. Sinners cannot appease God, ever, never, no exceptions. That saving grace only comes from God. Anyone who believes they have worked hard enough or they are good enough or smart enough or kind enough or friendly enough to appease God and merit salvation apart from Christ is gravely mistaken and is misinterpreting Christian doctrine. The grace of salvation, being saved, comes from God. It's a gift to those who receive it. All of us who were saved had nothing to do with it. It all comes from God. More on that in a few. The second thing that jumps out is that reconciliation is mentioned six times in this passage. That means it's very important. 
And it's an important topic, it's an important word, it's an important concept, so let's make sure we understand what that words mean. What that word means. The, the, the worldly definition is the restoration of a, of a relationship. Typically a friendly relationship. The, the word the, requires that, that something was broken, that the relationship was broken. So you could say, uh, let us reconcile our friendship. Let us restore our friendship. Let us heal our friendship. Makes sense, right? Sounds pretty important. In Christian theology, reconciliation is an element of salvation that refers to the results of atonement. What is atonement? Atonement is the pardoning of sins through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which made it possible for us to be reconciled to God. So in the Christian worldview, reconciliation is not just important. It's, it's critical. It's crucial. One has to be reconciled to God in order to be saved. In other words, God loved us so much that he fixed our sin problem. It wasn't God's problem to fix. It's our problem. But he fixed it for us. He reconciled himself to us. Or rather, he reconciled us to himself. And that is the good news. Okay? Reconciliation precisely is the good news. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's the gospel in one verse. That's why you see it everywhere. It's not just because it's easy to remember and people have remembered it. It's, it is the gospel in one verse. So we're working on a working definition of reconciliation. God knew we were sinners. He knew we were broken. He knew we couldn't fix it. So he gave us his only son. He fixed it. Can you imagine for a moment the one person that is most important to you in your whole life? Can you call them to mind? Can you imagine, can you fathom offering that person up as a sacrifice for a serial killer, for a murderer, for the worst sinner you can... Th it's unfathomable, isn't it? That's because we're people. We're humans. And it's pretty much impossible for us to do that. It's a terrible exercise to even think about. But that's what God did for us, for you, for me, for everyone who would receive him. Not only did he do that for us, he knew he was going to do that for us. From the foundations of time, he knew this would happen. It was his plan all along, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve. Adam's freshly out of the mud. Eve is freshly out of Adam's side. They sin, and what does God do next? He comes to the garden. He says, where are you? He searches for us. Last week, Pastor Brent did that. He walked us through this whole process of becoming a believer. That's God saying to you, where are you? Where have you been? I've been here the whole time. Are you ready? In Ezekiel, God says, I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed. 
God doesn't give up. He's been doing this all along. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't quit. He seeks us. He finds us. And he saves us. If we let him. Thank God that's the case. That is reconciliation. God fixing. God resolving our sin problem. God restoring our relationship to him. Now, after Paul's description in the passage of God reconciling us to himself, he says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And this isn't a question. You notice this isn't a question. Paul is giving us a rule. He's giving us a precept. We, Paul, you, me, everyone, we are ambassadors for Christ. God does the miracle. God does the work. Without the mechanism that God is, no one is saved. But he chooses to use us. We are his instruments. He chooses to make his appeal through us. And Paul implores us. Really, he pleads with us, be reconciled. Be saved. God sent his son here to die. You guys all saw that. Take advantage of that. Don't let this pass by. Again, Brent did that last week. Did you take advantage of it? Or did you let it pass by? Paul continues, and this is very important. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me repeat that. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This may be the most important verse in the Bible. I would highlight it. Plagues and diseases and viruses have killed millions of people. Wars have killed millions of people. Accidents, disasters have killed millions upon millions of people. There's one thing that have killed more people than all of those things combined. Sin. I already heard someone say it. Sin. Sin is the death penalty for every human being who was, who is, and who will ever be. It is 100% lethal. 100% of the time, all sinners die. On top of that, sin causes alienation from God. Paul says, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. And later, Paul says, and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, sin separates us from God. Sin also results in eternal, unrelenting, everlasting, perpetual, unending punishment in hell. You've heard this before. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And in Matthew, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. 
And Paul writes, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. There's no wiggle room here. There's no loopholes. There's no way around it. Sin causes death and separation from God and eternal punishment. And we do it to ourselves. So how can God fix this? How can perfect God's wrath be satisfied? Now we get to the heart of the matter. God had the perfect plan, and it's encapsulated in the previous verse, the, the previous profound verse that I just read. Really, profound is not a profound enough word to describe how profound it is. Should I just leave that out of the next one? Should I say that with a second? I, that was kind of cheesy. Here it is. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We have to get this verse. We have to know this verse. We have to understand what it means. He made him. God is he. God made him. Him is Jesus. God made Jesus. Jesus, the only human who never sinned and who was therefore perfect. The only human who could handle the full wrath of the Father. The only human who could be a perfectly holy sacrifice for all of us sinners. God made him to be sin. God didn't make Jesus a sinner. Jesus was not a sinner. Jesus was sin-free. So what does that mean? God made him to be a sinner. The answer is found in Isaiah. Uh, in the seminary and Pastor Bill, who taught me uh, everything I know, he says, let the Bible interpret the Bible. Let's see what Isaiah says about this. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Here it is. God the Father put all of the sins of mankind on Jesus as if he had really committed them. And then Jesus was punished on the cross and he received all of God's fury for all sins. And because Jesus was perfect, he was the perfect sacrifice, his perfect death appeased the wrath of a perfect God. It's as if God said, my wrath is perfect. My son is perfect. My son's sacrifice satisfies me. Because nothing else would satisfy him. And now all debt is paid. God gave Jesus our sin, so we do not have to be punished. Amen? That's how God reconciled us to him. So when we are judged by God, God does not see us. God sees his perfect son. And that 
is the best I can do in 25 minutes. The doctrine of reconciliation. That is why none of you are beyond God's grace. Because it's not about you. It's about God and what he did for you. Scripture confirms this. And you've heard these verses before. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For the heart, for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. If you confess Christ and what he did for you, you will be saved. If you did not or have not, you won't. That's the bottom line. And he did all of this so that we could be righteous and spend eternity with him. Reconciliation. Now you know. It's right there waiting for you. You are not a lost cause. You are not doomed. So what do we do with this? There's a lot you can do with this. I'm going to give you three things. Okay, The first thing, understand. That's a lot of information there. Understand that God will reconcile you to him if you let him. That was the point of Brent's message last week. That's the point of mine today. God will absolutely reconcile you no matter what you've done if you let him. You are not beyond God's grace, but you have to decide. Number two, you are ambassadors of Christ. If you are a believer, if you're a Christian, you are ambassadors of Christ. God extended his grace to you. You must extend grace to others. You have to. It's not a should. You have to forgive others. Love them. Don't be mean. Don't be hateful. Extend kindness to people. Share the gospel with them. That is your primary job. Everything else is secondary. Everything. And since I mentioned forgiveness, let's go there for a minute. God, When God reconciled you, he forgave your sins. You must forgive everyone else. Everyone you've wronged. That doesn't mean if you dislike a, a terrorist in the Middle East, you have to forgive all terrorists. It's not People you have wronged, people who have hurt you, you have to forgive. You must forgive. If you do not forgive, will God forgive you? doesn't sound like it says that in the scripture. So let me repeat that real quick. Number one, be reconciled to God. Be saved. If that is you today, if you are not saved, please find one of us. We will help you through that process. Number two, be an ambassador. Number three, forgive. God forgave you. Forgive everyone else. Let me have Jeff come up start making his way up. I am married to a Spaniard. Some of you, many of you probably know Mary. If, you, if you're saying, I never knew a Spaniard, now you do. She was born and raised there. She's my favorite Spaniard. Come on up, man, don't be shy. All right. She's my favorite Spaniard in the whole world. My, number, the, the second, my second favorite Spaniard is Maximus from the movie Gladiator. All right. uh, he's down here. Mary is way up here. But there's a Spanish story I want to share with you. It's about a father and a son who were madly in love like a father and son should be. Best friends in the world. Awesome father. Awesome son. 
through the course of life, they became estranged. And they, uh, they separated. And then the son left. And the father realized, I need to go find my son. I need to fix this. Okay, because my son can't fix this. He's not going to fix this. So the father searched north and south and east and west, all over Spain, couldn't find him. So he went to Madrid. He went to a huge city, and he went to the biggest newspaper, and he put out an ad in the paper. And it said, Pablo, I love you. All is forgiven. Please come home. Meet me in front of this newspaper Saturday at noon. So Saturday, noon, 800 Pablos showed up. (laughs) Turns out there are a lot of people who need to be reconciled and loved by their father. You could put mother, father and mother. The story is about the father. Everyone needs to be reconciled to their father in heaven. Everyone needs their father and the love that only God can give us. Don't let another day pass being separated from God. Be reconciled to God. If you already are, be an ambassador. Love everyone. Forgive people. And live your life the way you know God would have you live it. Amen? Jeff's going to pray, and then we're going to have the ladies head out. to. No, we're going to have the men head out to the hub, and the ladies are going to stay here. All right, everyone stand, please. Keep in mind that because of Adam and Eve, we lost, man lost the relationship with God. It was because of Adam and Eve's sin. But Isaiah 53 said, by his stripes we are healed. It's that relationship that's healed, not our physical ailments. It's that relationship. So for those who don't know the Lord, restore that relationship because of his stripes. And for all of us who are Christians, be so thankful to God for what he's done to you that you go out, you go out and live Christianity. Heavenly Father, you're amazing. Amazing. Cannot comprehend all that you have actually done. I just try to get it into my mind. And all of us, Lord, can't really fathom. So, Lord, pierce our hearts with these words. Pierce our hearts with the understanding of what you have actually done. The love that we can't understand imparts some of it to us, Lord, that our feet become so moved that we cannot contain ourselves and cannot contain you through us. And you don't need us, for you leave, you lit, you lead others to the Lord without any human intervention. And yet we have the privilege. So, Lord, allow us to see your hand and living out your word each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm coming back to the start. What's that? I don't know. Where you found me. I'm coming back to your heart. This is all.